welcome to Easy Bake, Bake Takes, Takes, the podcast, where we read you the reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And this week we are... <laughs> so, it's so ridiculous. This concept is so ridiculous. It gets more ridiculous as, as it goes on. <laughs> so, so our theme for this week that we chose was to do, you put it perfectly earlier, off the beaten path superhero movies. Yes, because it just seems like nowadays we get just a ton of superhero movies and we want to pick the ones that are different. Yeah. Got a real message behind them. You know, they really subvert our ideas of what... A superhero movie is yeah so this week i chose megamind <laughs> <laughs> this week i chose megamind made in 2010 it's rated pg hour 35 minutes i just keep thinking about the fact that the dark knight's fucking two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite complete opposite it's so fucking long but it's so good though it's just the, the fucking juxtaposition of these, <laughs> <laughs> these but they're but they're doing the same thing <laughs> I don't know if they are. Well, no, 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 they are. No, they are. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. They fit in the same. Is Batman any better than the Joker? It's that's the question they they ponder. Yeah, exactly. But we're not talking. We're not talking about the Dark Knight. We're, we're talking about Mega Mind, the more important movie right now. You know how the incels say, "Oh, the Joker's like me for real." Mm -hmm. I'm like Mega Mind's like me for real. That's me. Yeah, he mispronounces words. Yup. He hates everybody. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Third thing. Third thing that we'll find later on. <laughs> Goofy silly. Goofy silly time. Yep, absolutely. There we go. Blue. Blue. <laughs> I'm drinking colloidal silver. <laughs> Hates Jonah Hill. Hates Jonah Hill. That's a really good point. But I'll go ahead and read the plot. Supervillain Megamind and his arch nemesis, the superhero Metro Man, are both aliens who were sent to Earth as infants before their planets were sucked into a black hole. Though both land in Metro City at the same time, Metro Man is raised in a mansion, while Megamind is raised in a prison. <laughs> he goes to the same school as Metro Man, who is well-liked by his classmates. Megamind is bullied by everyone until he concludes his purpose is to be a supervillain, setting off a rivalry between him and Metro Man. As an adult, Megamind, aided by his fish-like companion Minion, frequently and unsuccessfully successfully battles Metro Man for control of the city. Sometimes he would win, sometimes I will almost, <laughs> almost win. win. <laughs> <laughs> On the day of the grand opening of the new Metro Man Museum, Megamind escapes prison, kidnaps reporter Roxanne Ritchie, and lures Metro Man to an abandoned observatory to rescue her. Once there, Metro Man collapses, saying the copper line observatory roof weakens his powers before Megamind blasts him with a sun-powered death ray and is overjoyed to finally win. Megamind takes over the city and goes on a crime spree. However, he eventually becomes depressed and purposeless with no hero to fight. Megamind decides to blow up the Metro Man Museum to forget the hero, but sees Roxanne there and dehydrates the museum's curator, Bernard, into a small cube. Disguised as Bernard using a hologram technology, Megamind talks to Roxanne, whose remarks inspire him to use Metro Man's DNA to create a new superhero to fight. Megamind perfects the formula, but during a fight between him and Roxanne in his lair, he accidentally injects it into Hall Stewart, Roxanne's cameraman who is infatuated with her. Disguising himself via hologram as Hal's space... <laughs> <laughs> 
As Hal's face dad, Megamind offers to train Hal to become a superhero. Hal, seeing this as a chance to get with Roxanne, accepts and takes on the name Titan, though he misspells it as Titan with T-I-G-H-T. <laughs> Megamind begins to date Roxanne in the guise of Bernard, and he and Minion have a falling out over Megamind's apparent lack of interest in committing further crimes. Roxanne rejects Titan when he comes to court her, and Titan later witnesses her on a date with Bernard. After a heartbroken Titan leaves, Megamind's Bernard disguise fails and Roxanne rejects him as well. Why is Bernard kind of... Okay, but the fact that everyone in Lairbox said the same fucking thing, someone, like, literally someone went, but why is Bernard... Why is he, though? Why is he? He looks like my husband without a beard. Like, I guess... He looks like my... Yes, exactly. <laughs> just a white guy. It's just a white guy with glasses and nice hair. <laughs> Damn it. It's white boy of the month, that's it. <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs> <laughs> Megamind arranges to fight Tyan the next day, but Tyan does not show up. Megamind learns that Tyan is now using his powers on a crime spree. Tyan offers to ally with Megamind, but the latter deliberately reveals his disguise and deceptions, hoping to go Tyan into fighting. Anger, Tyan savagely beats Megamind in the fight. Realizing that Tyan has no interest in justice and means to kill him, Megamind traps Tyan in a ball of copper, assuming that like Metro Man, copper reduces his powers. However, Titan easily breaks out. Megamind and Roxanne escape to Metro Man's old hideout and discover that Metro Man is still alive, having faked his weakness and death <laughs> to pursue his dreams as a musician. Very ken of him. Very, very ken, very ken of him. Very ken of him. <laughs> <laughs> and pursue his dream as a musician. Megamind Roxanne attempt to enlist his help against Titan, but he refuses to help. Metro Man tries to encourage Megamind to become the city's new hero by telling him that a hero will always rise to defeat evil. Dejected, Megamind willingly returns to prison. Titan goes on a rampage and kidnaps Roxanne when she tries to get through to him. On a televised message, Titan holds Roxanne hostage and demands that Megamind fight him. With Minion's help, Megamind escapes prison where he goes to confront Titan using holographic disguises to make himself appear as Metro Man and Minion as Megamind to find Titan away and rescue Roxanne. However, Megamind's speech patterns give him away and Titan attacks Megamind, throwing him into the stratosphere. Dehydrating himself into a cube and laying safely in the fountain, Megamind rehydrates <laughs> next to Titan and <laughs> extracts the DNA from him, removing his powers. After Hal is arrested, Megamind and Roxanne rekindle the relationship while the city celebrates Megamind as their new hero. The museum is rebuilt in Megamind's honor, and a disguised Metro Man cheers for him on the grand opening ceremony. Woo! Such a good fucking movie. And they had just severely flopped, like DreamWorks, they had just severely flopped with Monsters vs. Aliens. Mmm. And then they put this shit out. I know, exactly. What's funny though, this is the lowest grossing movie of DreamWorks. Ever. I feel like it's because Monsters Resilience is so bad. Also, Despicable Me came out the week before. So that also had like, and it was the same concept of like, oh, this bad guy turns good kind of thing. Yeah, but he didn't need to have kids to know that. Exactly. <laughs> no, he just needed a girlfriend. <laughs> That's unfortunate because Despicable Me was a force of nature. And it was good. I didn't get, and I get that, but like, this movie was just so forgotten about. Yeah. Here's the thing, it didn't do bad box office wise. Like, it made like 320 million worldwide. It just got the, the light stolen. Yeah. It really did. It was just, it, it is the lowest grossing movie of DreamWorks so far, which is sad because, like, this is a good fucking movie. Hey, and we get to be hipsters about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's ours. It's our movie. <laughs> I, had it on, I had it on DVD as a kid. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it, it doesn't have, it didn't get like 10 sequels and like spinoffs and shit. You know, that's the whole thing. And a lot of people on TikTok are like, what 
like why didn't they ever make a sequel i mean it was the lowest grossing which can't be good but it's just like it deserved a sequel of some kind you know like a, yeah. a part something but like no it's just dead it's just where it's at and maybe that's good because like maybe they would just ruin it after but uh, who knows who knows i think they might they, they would probably i don't know where they would go with this but it's also like shrek is a similar kind of thing where it's like oh it's like you could take it somewhere but like shrek had the built-in thing of fiona's whole family and her backstory yeah so uh we have our director tom mcgrath who's best known for directing all the madagascar movies and boss baby and then uh also <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 madagascar is a weird one because like i remember really loving the first movie i really like the first one and then and then the circus song from like the second or third one i think it's the third one because the second one they go to africa and that's where they lost me the polka dot circus whatever thing yeah from, like that ruined the franchise for me just based on like being in middle school and all of the boys thinking that was so funny. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say right now, of all the DreamWorks movies, Madagascar does even make the list of like the ones I would even consider to rewatch. Yeah, I I liked the spinoff show for the penguins. I did like that. I think he was also involved with those, like the probably like a story credit or something yeah so i thought that was interesting because i was like okay the director okay he's worked on other dreamworks movies makes sense okay that's the direction so i was thinking with the writers because like this movie is written so the writing on this movie is so fucking good mm -hmm. i'm like it's gotta be like this person's like had to make like some some crazy tv show like it's like whoa mm -hmm. you wrote that you know kind of thing but barry megamind yeah, yeah 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 i was literally waiting for something <laughs> like that i was like this person wrote in the bear <laughs> or like whatever yeah. or like something crazy like they wrote white lotus <laughs> they wrote white lotus succession they wrote, they wrote i was thinking something crazy like that they wrote they wrote game of thrones they wrote game of thrones like i'm i'm waiting for something crazy but larry the two people that wrote this were alan schoolcraft and brent simmons they're both only best known for writing on penguins of madagascar and for megamind those are the two best things they wrote dude penguins of madagascar was a good show <laughs> yeah i will st i will stand by it <laughs> no wonder they wrote megamind penguins of madagascar <laughs> was a good show they're just really good at this like specific thing yeah because what do people remember most from madagascar nowadays the penguins the penguins exactly because yeah. they're the best part makes sense yeah. one of them coughs shit up and there's such a good dynamic like you got your leader you got your smart mm -hmm. one you got the kowalski kowalski and then you got private who i just want to hold him mm -hmm. he just is so sweet and so cute and that's, i think that's what he wants too <laughs> i don't think yeah, he wants he just needs a hug. i think yeah. he, he'd be fine with it <laughs> same girl <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was interesting because I was I was waiting for something crazy like oh they wrote this and they wrote this and the nope Ping was a Madagascar Megamind <laughs> that wasn't crazy good that was I, I had it wasn't HBO levels of good for you like, no I'm pretentious here I'm, I'll admit that I was pretentious I was being pretentious <laughs> <laughs> it's like me with monster movies like, <laughs> yes yes uh -huh. No, but Penguins, it was genuinely the only watchable thing to come out of the Madagascar franchise outside of maybe the first movie. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. It was enter it was entertaining. King Julian. Move it, move it. You love it. King Julian. <laughs> Shut up, you're so annoying. <laughs> oh, I love him. I love, okay. Mort. Every time I think of King Julian, it makes me like cackle. And then the duo together, Mort and Julian. Yeah. Julian talking to Mort and Mort talking to Julian. 
It's just so fucking funny. I do love that that character dynamic where one of them would die for the other one and the other <laughs> one's like, I wish you would die right now. <laughs> I wish you were like, dead right now so I could never look at you again. <laughs> and then they have those moments where they sh they accidentally slip up and show that they care about them. Yeah. Like, I, I love that character dynamic. <laughs> It'll hit every time. It'll hit as hard as the, like... It's like Squidward and Spongebob kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's kind of similar in a way to the, like, gruff older dude being softened by a child like yes every pedro pedro pascal character he's ever played mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's just it's a good trope and you can't you can't go wrong it's a good trope it hits you can't go wrong with it in any genre it works it work it just does but i think uh, you know it's pretty telling that they wrote for penguins of madagascar personally i didn't know and here we are so they proved me wrong sorry they didn't write the bear okay <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting star-studded writers, but hey, here we are, and they wrote an amazing movie, so kudos to them, you know? One of them acted in The Big Lebowski. Yeah, I saw that. He was a- No, no, not acted. It was an additional was crew member, which is not specific at all. President of Operations, Mike Zoss Productions, so they were like the head of per like operations at a production studio that did- bro Oh, Brother Art, though, in The Big Lebowski. Okay, so connections to some Cone really good Coen Brother movies. Wait, they're putting out something Megamind related. It's a TV show. Really? Megamind's Guide to Defending Your City. It's coming out next year. Oh, cool. Is it going to have a original cast members or? There's not much. There's not like any info about it. Okay, so it's probably in the, still in the works. Oh, it's not going to be Will Ferrell, but I wouldn't have expected. I know that. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the cast. I swear to God. <laughs> I just want to include this image because <laughs> I want this to be my next Halloween costume. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I want to look this deranged on Halloween. <laughs> I would, I would be looking this deranged and drunk all my life. It'd leave blue everywhere. <laughs> it's gonna stain the furniture. You're gonna see all the walls. <laughs> I can see you not sitting anywhere. Like, <laughs> so we have Will Ferrell playing Megamind. We have Brad Pitt who plays Metro Man. Tina Fey who plays Roxanne Ritchie. Jonah Hill plays Titan. David Cross who plays Minion. And Ben Stiller who plays original Bernard. He's only in it for like two seconds. Oh, and J.K. Simmons plays the Warden. David Cross, fucking Tobias Funke. Love that man. Tobias, yeah, exactly. No, the cast is crazy in this movie. Crazy good. I also wanted to say that Will Ferrell is fucking transcendent as Megamind. He's really good. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of critics who were like, I hate Will Ferrell but he's really good at voice acting in this movie. I was like, okay, fair. If that's the middle line, okay, fair. He really creates a, a character with this. like Very good for voice work. Everyone did really good in this movie. But yeah, it, it takes talent to build a character with just your voice acting. To, yeah, no kidding. Exactly. It's a lot more hard work. And if you heard Tom Hanks talk about it, because he's been Woody, you know, for four or five movies now of Toy Story. His brother's been Woody for the toys. Exactly, exactly. But he's like sitting there. He's like, yeah, you'll read a line, just one line for like 30, 40, 50 times until you get it just right in order to make them happy. It's a lot of work. Brad Pitt's just Brad Pitt in this. He, he is. All right. The tagline. It's so sexual for no fucking reason. <laughs> this tagline for Megamind is, it's big for a reason. <laughs> it's so sexual for no reason, and I love it. This is what I'm talking about with taglines. Get your mind out of the gutter. They're talking about his brain, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what it sounds like. Uh-huh. <laughs> I read that. I was like, what? How dare you? Scandalize my children's movie. <laughs> 
I have some really good trivia. So the film's plot was based on the premise with Lex Luthor defeated Superman, which is a great premise. I mean, they're both bald. <laughs> both bald, exactly. Next piece of trivia, a whole crew of animators was dedicated solely to the movement of the capes. There's like a lot of anima animation facts in this, like, I I'll tell them later, they're in here. Yeah. The film was finally released on June 23rd, 2018 in Japan, after nearly seven years after its original release date. It was supposed to be released on March 2011, but was cancelled due to this devastating earthquake that happened at the same time. I guess it's like, um, putting out like a monster movie or like superhero or monster movies right after something like a devastating like natural disaster usually those movies have destruction of a city or something happening so it's like okay yeah yeah i get that the next one and i'm so glad they didn't do this because i don't i don't think it would have the same outcome this was originally pitched as a live action film which i don't think that would have he probably wouldn't have been blue he probably just would have looked like lex luther but like not Lex lex luther lex luther because mm -hmm. if that was the original idea then i don't think he would have been blue <laughs> no i can't imagine this movie as live action and it no this next one it looks long but it's like there are numerous references to superman in this film and they have like just what? all the different <laughs> no, exactly as someone who doesn't know a lot about superman i was like oh okay you know i was pretty interested in it so the way megamind's parents put him in a capsule to earth just before the planet is destroyed the love interest is a reporter how space dad is modeled after marlon brando's uh, superman 1978's father and richard donner's film version <laughs> almost all of metro man's superpowers are the same as superman's megamind's pronunciation of metro city has the same stress pattern as metropolis in mm -hmm. superman or metropolis in S superman no it's it's metropolis it's metropolis okay that's funny megamind when enumerating possibilities where metro man could seek refuge mentions a fortress of solitude the traditional name of superman's arctic homestead retro city is located in michigan this can be clearly seen in a shot where megamind satellite is in orbit around the earth yeah next one traffic thunders co-stars <laughs> ben stiller and robert downey jr were both originally approached for the role of megamind but turned it down to scheduling conflicts i could see ben stiller maybe being megamind in like a in a uh, what's his face the what's the the model oh zoolander in a Zoolander way? Yeah. I could see Robert Downey Jr. maybe being Mega, Mega Man or whatever, or Metro Man. I could see him being Metro Man. I can't see him being as silly and goofy. He, he could pull it off, but I don't think since he's been Iron Man that people can see him that way anymore. Hmm, true. To promote the film, Will Ferrell assembled 1,580 of his friends and their acquaintances at a superhero costume function. This party set a Guinness World Record for the largest gathering of superheroes. Oh, we're, oh, we're just making Guinness World Records up now? Yep. <laughs> Apparently. Okay, wait. Have you ever seen Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes? Oh, he's so good in those. Those movies are so good. No one ever talks about those movies. We need to do them soon. I love them. They never made the third one, which I... My whole family are like still to this day waiting for the third one. Oh yeah, same. They could totally put the third one out next year and I'd watch it. I go watch it. I'm, I need to know. I need to be updated because they left a real big cliffhanger with that one girl. Mm -hmm. And like my mom the whole time was like, she's not dead. They're lying. Mm -hmm. We need to do them soon because I will take the excuse to watch it again. They're good. I haven't seen them in a long time, but they hold up. I bet they do, I bet they do because we really like them. The slowed down fight where he's like breaking down. Yes. That alone is like amazing. Film. Cinema. <laughs> what got me into cinema, you ask? Oh, well, actually, it's the 2011 <laughs> and 2013 Sherlock Holmes movie starring Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. And they're fucking good. They're really good. Guillermo, de <laughs> Guillermo, 
<laughs> he pops up randomly too. He, he really does though. He just pops up randomly. Guillermo del Toro was hired as a creative consultant three weeks before the film completed production. He majorly assisted in editing the film to make it more exciting, which is like pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, editing is very is a very, very important part of movies. And like this was this was what I was kind of looking for. You know how it was earlier I was like, okay, who wrote this? Who directed this? You know, like who made this great? The editors usually do. They usually do though. And it makes sense now. Like having this name, I was like, okay, that's why he's got the edge it has. And I'm not saying that that the director or writers didn't have that. No, no, you need the material to get there, mm -hmm. but Yep, definitely. When Megamind transforms into different forms, his voice changes to match the character. Yet, when Megamind transforms into Bernard, his voice remains that of his own. This is explained by the watch recording the Warren's voice during Megamind's escape from prison. Yeah. He didn't get the chance to record Bernard's voice in the rush to replace him in the museum and how to use his own voice. So it gives him that closer to himself thing that he has with Bernard. So I, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a more it's a more personal thing. There's no like wall there. It's just him in a different face. This was copy and pasted in the goofs. I was like, but it's not a goof. You're literally explaining why. It's yeah. I think it's like uh, it's it was probably in the like falsely regarded as goofs section or something. Ah, uh, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. The next one is the mega explosion of the observatory took a team of seven artists nearly four months to create. It seems like they put a lot of time and like care into making it and like focus on specific things like that, like the cape and the. Yeah. And from the critic reviews, like when it came out, you could tell like this was for the time it was the newest best looking thing in animation. So it's like really it's just kind of funny to read this yeah. and go like it's it's so mind boggling. It looks so good. It's just like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look bad. I think it still holds its own like its own style. But like, you know, yeah. DreamWorks as like a company, every movie of theirs hinges on what animation team they have and how much funding is going to the animation. Because there are some that look like dog shit, like Shark Tale, love you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> then they have movies like this where it's like showing like a new precedent of what animation can be at the time. Pixar, it's like they, everyone looks, everyone of they look good. Mm -hmm. But like DreamWorks is so hit or miss animation wise sometimes. Yeah. The next one is what I was talking about earlier with Metro Man. Bruce Campbell was originally considered for the voice of Metro Man before DreamWorks decided to cast an actor with a more star power. Still, Campbell's face was partially used as inspiration when designing Metro Man. And now that I'm looking at it, I was rewatching it. I was like, oh my God, that's Bruce Campbell's face as Metro Man. Yeah. The fact that they were like, let's still make it look like him though. Yeah. I never saw that until they just mentioned it. Megamind's invisible car is a combination of two famous superhero vehicles, a Batmobile and Wonder Woman's invisible plane, which I was like, okay, that's fun. What a, what about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's invisible boatmobile? <laughs> the boatmobile, exactly. Come on now. That's the real superheroes <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the kids in the theater were like, Mermaid Man? <laughs> All right, time for opinions. What do you think of Megamind? Okay, so we both watched this in theaters as kids. We had it on DVD. I remember liking it a lot. Even in my household, though, we did watch Despicable Me more. Mm. When you have sassy little girls in something and I'm a child watching it, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> but now as an adult, I resonate more with Megamind than the little girls from Despicable Me. <laughs> it's called growth. <laughs> yeah, he's funnier than Gru, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's this is called it's it's called maturing. You know, you grow up and you realize you're more Squidward than SpongeBob. Like, yeah, yeah. I just I remember liking it then. I like it now. I don't think at any point did I ever think maybe this was a bad movie. Like, I think I just was like, oh, that was a solid movie. I don't have a whole lot specifically to say about it, but there's so much like there's the no bitches meme. <laughs> 
we had the resurgence of the there's no queen of england and now it's true i love how he mispronounces things it's like the stupidest thing but it i laughed every single time because it's funny <laughs> even down to school shul come on <laughs> oh, come well, on I I love earlier, so he calls it shul. He almost does as Bernard. But he corrects himself. It's almost like he kind of fucking knows how to say it correctly, but he just does it anyways. Well, he's a villain. If somebody corrects him, he's going to go, oh, you hate that? <laughs> oh, you don't like that? Okay, I'm going to say it yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of pettiness that I operate on. <laughs> And I respect that about him. Mm -hmm. I think he is a great, it's this weird combination of like, like un, in some cases, undeserved confidence mixed with brutal self-awareness. <laughs> that's me. It's like you were saying, like with men with the Joker, it's mm -hmm. like, that's Megamind is me too. That's like me for real. <laughs> also, I resonate with Minion as well, because he's just, he's just trying to. He's just Minion. I love Minion. He's so sweet. <laughs> I like whenever he's leaving and he's like, I will pack my thing. <laughs> it's his fish food. <laughs> he puts it in a lunchbox and he leaves. He's so dramatic. I'm your space stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite like part of this movie that like that's me and it is Noah is minion and I am Megamind when he's like, <laughs> he's like, leave me alone. I'm in the depths of an existential crisis. <laughs> that's me laying in bed in the dark with a blanket <laughs> over my head. I'm like. Leave me alone. I feel like any good relationship is Megamind and Megan. <laughs> it's like, well, if you need me, I'm right here. <laughs> exactly. Also, just, I love David Cross so much. He could set, he could have been or said anything and I would have loved it. He literally could have been any character he probably would have killed. Regardless, it would have been great. It was so good. It's like, it's a very like funny movie. I appreciate the like, we're going to take a character that's a villain and have him realize that he can do good as well and that blah 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 yeah i also appreciate that him and metro man have like a when it's not time to fight whenever they're at the fortress of solitude or whatever they're just like hey dude hey buddy like <laughs> hey buddy he calls him buddy he's like do what's good for you you know like i found i went on this journey he's such a chill dude yeah and i i appreciate that they had pretty much the same starts yeah oh we're really not that different i like that aspect of it too it's like you just one of us decided it was given the opportunity to be good and one of us wasn't given the opportunity to be good. But at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. It's like one of those things and not to get like deep like or dark with it. But oh, like, yeah. it's, it's where I'm going. That's children, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them are giving so opportunities to set up for their future. Yeah, they're set up for success or they're set behind so much farther. Yeah. The concepts of good and bad, you know, it's like so I'm not smart enough to define what I'm talking about, but like it's it's the nature versus nurture kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And that's what it is. And if, and really, Metro Man, is he really good or did he just decide to do those things? Or was he just kind of there? You know, <laughs> and it, it was never it was never a nature thing for either of them because they were able both able to be him, him to be like, OK, I'm I'm done doing the hero thing. Like, I'm I'm out. I'm done with this job and I'm just going to go do something for me now. And Megamind is able to just he was pushed into it. I mean, when you're when you're outcasted alone, what, what do you turn to besides being bad? Mm -hmm. It's like somebody pay attention to me if, if this is what it takes. Mm hmm. So it's like interesting in that way. I think it's, a, it's an important kind of moral to set because it's like in superhero movies, usually it's like, 
okay, well, you're a hero, therefore you're automatically the best person ever all the time, and you're great. And if you mess up, don't worry, we'll bring you, we'll, we'll welcome you back with open arms. And if you're a villain, you're set up as a villain forever. Even if we know why you're a villain, you're still a villain, and you have no room for redemption. So you might as well be one. Mm -hmm. The other day, this movie's really about cancel culture. <laughs> Rich dudes just get to get back out there and do whatever they want. Oh no. <laughs> In a sense it could be applied that way you could you yeah you could definitely like read this in multiple different ways yeah mm -hmm. there's an incel they're always involved somehow exactly and those are the true villains if there's anything to learn from this movie incels are the true villains you know i'm not gonna try to overly analyze megamind or anything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like interesting about the placement of that character in it it's like some people just are evil and just are bad people are selfish yeah because they were bored with powers of some sort or like the ability to do something like they're trying to find purpose you know yeah megamind is smart enough to build these like weapons and whatever shit and this destruction devices and what's his dick titan he's given powers and decides to use them for evil the other two are just working with what they got and they just so happen to be like these are good for good things and these are good for bad things and when they were children too in their own circumstances how was given to it as an adult or fleshed out as a human being the second he got powers he decided to and when he didn't get what he wanted turned evil i think i think it's an interesting movie to analyze not everybody deserves superpowers and i feel like that teaches megamind to do the best that he can with his abilities you can't make super superheroes they're not made they're born exactly um yeah i don't have anything else specific to say what about you i just want to say i love this movie this is a good movie this is a comfort movie i would throw this on just anytime and watch it yeah just in general for both of us when we picked like a childhood movie we're like writing the notes we're like what if it's not good what if it's not as good as i remember and then we go back and we're like this is art it is so fucking good it's pretty smart too it's a pretty smart film like it just is Oh, that's the message of this movie. I was looking at the quotes. I was seeing what the top ones were. And it's like, Hal say the Megamind, you're so pathetic. No matter what side you're on, you're always the loser. And Megamind says, there's a benefit to losing. You get to learn from your mistakes. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Got him. You don't learn how to be a good person by winning all the time. Oh, so true. Very true. It's it's like if you're if you're getting rewarded all the time, you're gonna burn out because rewards don't mean anything after a certain point. And that's what happened with Metro Man. He burned out. He didn't want to be it anymore. Yeah. But was that all that you had about it? Well, you basically said everything. We kind of talked through it more. Exactly. It's a straightforward comedy. There's gonna be more I had to say later, but we're gonna move on to critic reviews. First critic review we have is the independent critic, Richard Propes. He gave this a three out of four stars. So equal parts Superman and The Incredibles, but never quite measuring up to either one, Paramount's latest animated feature, Megamind, is still surprisingly witty and entertaining jaunt through superhero atrocities and Metro City. There's something completely joyous about be seeing both Will Ferrell and Brad Pitt play against type, even if it does happen that both are playing animated versions of themselves. In Megamind, Will Ferrell may be the film's bad guy, but he's a decidedly genteel and softer creature than we've normally seen from the spastically irreverent actor. Likewise, the normally grounded Pitt gets to be a completely ego-driven, bombastic hero superhero who may serve as the film's good guy, but well, gosh darn it, he just happens to also know he's mighty wonderful. There's a joy and exuberance in the vocal work of both Farrell and Pitt that neither actor has exhibited in quite a while, as if they are able to finally let loose and have a little fun in this fairly methodical yet fully entertaining 3D adventure. I agree with that. I think it seems like everybody's having fun. That's what I thought. Like, it's such a good script. As an actor, I feel like they read it and was like, okay, I can get into this. Yeah. 
The fact that Pharaoh and Pitt, along with their supporting cohorts, managed to make this entire affair entertaining is somewhat a surprise given the film's paint-by-number superhero cliches and the decided low-key nature of Metro City itself. Megamind's sidekick is a talking fish in a bowl, perfectly voiced by David Cross, and, and the not-so-indistressed damsel, Roxanne, is voiced with a spot-on confidence by Tina Fey, who, when kidnapped by Megamind, asks him to stamp her frequent hostage card. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't sell that promotion anymore. You know this. <laughs> Jonah Hill is, as usual, top-notch as the dweeb turned WWE wrestler type who finds <laughs> himself empowered. <laughs> who finds himself empowered when Megamind has suddenly dispatched his main arc nemesis and suddenly finds himself without someone to play with. How many time? How many characters of his are just nerdy assholes? Like, there's a point with an actor where you're like, are you acting or are you just picking roles? Where you're like, yeah, that's me. I can do that. Yeah. Directed by Tom McGrath, who gave us the Madagascar films after years of working on Ren and Stimpy. Uh, okay. Yeah, also also gives a little background. I only saw a few episodes of that, but I guess he did work on it a little bit more, but... It always freaked me out. I, yeah, no, that was a freaky-ass show. Yeah. After years of working on Ren and Stimpy, Megamind is a good film that never quite reaches greatness with humor, that consistently elicits smiles, but seldom outright laughs. Similarly, unlike The Incredibles and other truly great anime features, Megamind never manages to create characters with whom you will really bond. It's hard to imagine too many children rushing out of the movie theater and into the local retail outlet to pick up Megamind or Metro Man toys. While both characters are entertaining, they're also instantly forgettable once the closing credits have rolled by. I think there were Megamind McDonald's toys that I remember getting or something. Yeah, I don't remember like big action figures. Some tie-in toy. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to tell Richard he's wrong but like i i do not feel that way it's not with the times i guess yeah it's just like one of those and like i said before like this resonated with us as kids and now that we're grown we get to voice it yeah i will say i maybe this is just me and maybe somebody else will feel this way too but i don't think i personally would have wanted a megamind toy or a metro man toy as a kid i feel like the way that this movie is set up it's not really set up in like a franchise potential kind of way or like a line of toys kind of way you know and maybe that's why it didn't get a sequel or something too it's like a it's just not set up to be this big thing the marketing yeah yeah as entertaining in 2d as it is 3d with with a kickin' 80s heavy metal soundtrack, Megamind is a good film and one of the few decent family-friendly options in theaters right now. While its stellar cast could have likely turned this film into so much more, Megamind should still see Megabucks on opening weekend. You know, this humor didn't really resonate with him as an adult. It's Maybe it's just a generational difference in senses of humor. I really do think that. I think it's just a, it's a generational thing, yeah. Yeah. It, it happens so often like there's so many kids movies now that i think are mind-numbingly stupid but in a few years those kids are going to grow up and be like you guys you didn't just didn't get, get it. it you just really didn't get it exactly and that's why i don't watch that many like kids movies that come out nowadays like, they're not for me and i'm not gonna get them so i'm not gonna you know like yeah i'm sorry i don't get skibbity toilet okay what <laughs> do you know what that is no <laughs> the like Younger Gen Z, older Gen Alpha, there's like this stupid YouTube thing that looks like a nightmare and it's called Skibbity Toilet. I don't know how to explain it to you other than that. They love it. Is it a, it's a video? Just Google Skibbity Toilet real quick. Oh. <gasps> right? Nightmare. Nightmare. It's literally the scat man over a dude's head in the toilet. Okay, this is like gummy bear, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or the crazy frog. Or the crazy frog, Yeah. Crazy Frog's pretty weird. Yeah, it was. Look at him. He has no pants on. He's got his ding-dong out. Yeah! 
Okay, that's weird. It's weird, but like we have the same shit. It makes it makes sense. It doesn't make sense, but <laughs> I know I know what it is, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but you know, so like this is our skibbity toilet. Okay, this is our <laughs> This is our skibbity toilet. I'm gonna say it. This is a little it's bit not. better than skibbity <laughs> toilet. But it's I know not. I know what point you're trying to bring up. This is our trolls. This is our whatever. Yeah, I was literally gonna bring up trolls. I'm like, I don't get the trolls franchise, but I know those kids love it. So it's going to be one of those, you know? I think Trolls is a better example because it's a movie. And it's also DreamWorks. DreamWorks, I think, is just really good at just creating what's good for that generation, I guess. Mm -hmm. The first Trolls movie is good. I'll give them that. I remember watching a little bit of it. Like, I I get the appeal. I get mm -hmm. it. The music's good. Yeah. But do I think everything that happens in it is funny? No. But it happens. And we've seen it happen with a lot of the movies from our childhood that are were critically panned, but kids love them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This next one was written in 2010, written by Mark Pfeiffer, and it's from the Real Times Reflections on Cinema.com. It gave it a C average, which is about as low as it got. Yeah. Blue skin, wrong silver, emphasizing Megamind is less... <laughs> is less immediate. Blue skin, <laughs> exactly. wrong syllable, emphasizing. <laughs> Comes out the gate. Megamind is less immediately <laughs> sympathetic than grew from the summer's despicable me. Consequently, it's harder to laugh at his diabolical antics. Megamind is established as a figure capable of causing real harm. While the film isn't as dark as it seemingly sets itself up to be, it suffers from the miscalculation of centering a CGI animated kids film on what appears to be, at least superficially, the bad guy. Does Gru not cause real harm? He stole the moon. He stole the moon. A dude was surfing and he smacked onto a big rock. That's pretty he bad. He probably died. He probably he died. Pro guys, guys, he probably died. Mm -hmm. You guys. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, keep going. Naturally, Megamind tries to sweep this under the rug as fast as possible, but the damage has already been done. Megamind is a visually sleek film, especially when viewed in 3D. Sparkling futuristic design, des design combines with terrific depth of field to conjure a world in which good and evil do battle in and above the streets. But the look of the film is the main thing going for it. I feel like this guy loved the Joker. <laughs> Megamind is dramatically, comedically inert. It falls to dis distinguish itself from other tongue-in-cheek superhero and supervillain cartoons, mainly because they act the characters don't impress as being all that unique. Simply put, Megamind isn't funny or interesting enough. Grade C. You're not funny and you're not interesting enough. Well, I'm going to go back a little and point out, so consequently, it's hard to laugh at this diabolical annex, Megamind is established as a figure capable of causing real harm. Compared to what? Like, what do you mean, real harm? Like, yeah, he's a supervillain. He has crazy stuff. But, like, he doesn't kill anyone in the... Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> he Guys, nobody died. I mean, not really. You think he does. Not till... this. Here's the thing. He saw the rest of the movie. He... He knows that no one actually died. Gru froze a guy's head in the first five minutes of the movie. That couldn't have been good for him. Probably suffocated. Yeah. He drove over people's cars. That guy was a destruction beast. Someone was probably in the car. Yeah. And they died. <laughs> Did you, I bet you didn't even think about that, Mark. Here's my thing, though. Like, they say it's a bad thing that the movie is centered on the bad guy. Okay, but you don't sit here and tell me you don't understand what they're trying to do. I don't understand. Like, sure. It's kind of serious. It's very serious when you think about what's going on with his character compared to fucking Despicable Me. Yeah. When you have little yellow guys running around saying banana. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. None of that, like, made any sense to me. I don't know where you're getting any of these ideas. 
ideas from because we saw it as children and our parents didn't deem it inappropriate for us to see it like anyone did i don't think anyone had a problem with this movie he's goofy that's what keeps it from being violent or dark or scary he's just a goofy guy so it's okay yeah exactly none of these things actually apply to this movie you are factually wrong it, it doesn't sound like they want like they know anything about it <laughs> i mean they're just wrong like why would they base this movie on the bad guy it literally tells you why they base the movie on a bad guy yeah all right next one by james mcmahon 2010 since watchmen ripped out the rule book two dykins and a bit ago superhero stories have been reinvented inverted cut up and stitched back together so many times and by such a variety of sources kick-ass the incredibles misfits etc it's sometimes hard not to yearn just to watch a film about a bloke in tight saving the world on recent form cinema's new penchant appears to be spinning the story to the perspective of the big bad last month saw the release of despicable me an animated film starring steve carell that concerned a supervillain struggling to regain his mojo this month is the turn of Megamind, sporting similar premise, which comes off as the better of the two films on account of having a better cast and prettier, more visually exciting animation. Befuddled nature-nurture comment aside, the film's message appears to be that people are either born good or evil. It's only circumstance that makes us see differently. It's in an entertaining jaunt, too. Comic talents like Jonah Hill, David Cross, and Tita Fey turn up along the way, while Pharaoh has a hoot with his evil inventions and illiteracy bean, typhoon cheese, whatever that is. The story... <laughs> The story, oh, you know it, good overcomes evil, there's good inside all of us, all that, but at least it's told with the cohesiveness that the aforementioned Despicable Me lacked throughout. Burn. <laughs> Yet, as watchable as Megamind is, it suffers from the failings all cinema screen animation that isn't Toy Story 3 have this year. That being that Pixar are so ahead of the pack, not just in what their artists are drawing and showing, but in the depth of stories the company are telling, that comparatively Megamind feels cheap. Looking at the cast list, I'm not sure that was the case. There's been worse meddling with superhero DNA than this though, and I'm sure there will be more. Not quite mega then, but I guess watchable mind doesn't quite have the same read to it. Sure, if you're an adult at this time and you see it as watchable at the least, cool. Yeah. Pixar really is like the A24 of kids' movies. It is what you're going to compare everything to. It really is. It's, and I'm going to say it, Toy Story 3 was so good. Not even just in like the technical ability but like the depth of storytelling as much as i think a24 is sometimes on thin ice i watch something like past lives and i'm like oh this is why i watch a24 <laughs> movies this is what i come here for <laughs> yeah exactly you know like pixar has this ability to take something that seems simple and add depth and like emotions to it that you, most people wouldn't think to put in it i'm thinking soul i'm thinking inside out yeah but even fucking toy story 3 the strategic timing of toy story 3 for the kids who grew up watching toy story or going off to college like exactly why would they do that to us why i don't know do why that? or to our parents i appreciate this person seems like one of the few people to be like the moral and stories were told better and more cohesively than they were in like despicable me mm -hmm. in which they are i also just not to harp back onto this point but i feel like despicable me is a lot more for like a broader and younger audience than megamind is i agree with that as well the next one the mazzy twins wrote a review about megamind and it's a positive one i believe it was like an eight out of ten which is like hey that's, there you go. that's like the highest they really give anything it, it really honestly Say what you will about Will Ferrell's live-action movies, he makes it an excellent 3D anime character. Megamind is quirky, funny, and relatable thanks to solid voice work and expressive animation that fits perfectly into the parodical world of Metro City. 
Combined with a clever spin on the timely superhero film, Megamind entertains more wit than pop culture references and genuine humor supersedes gimmicky gags. Aside from a few questionable character designs, namely the syndrome wannabe titan, oh this is so crazy what they say next, this is the only, this is the only point of the review where you're gonna go what? <laughs> they, they always manage. You know? They always do, they always do manage. Namely, the syndrome wannabe Titan and the not-so-attractive leading Lady Roxanne. <laughs> Is it because she has a pixie cut and she looks like, uh, what's-her-face from the NBC lady? Rachel Maddow. She looks like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but she does have a big-ass forehead. <laughs> she looks like Rachel so... Maddow. I'm gonna, you keep going. I'm gonna pull up a picture of Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I, I do want to see. DreamWorks' latest animated feature reaches an impressive level of consistent laughs and lighthearted fun that precious few others can attain. Oh, she does look like her. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Despite a heavy Superman origination parody, along with a hilarious Marlon Brando impression, Megamind boasts a thoroughly amusing, highly original plot. Just around the notion of a supervillain that turns to righteousness, this rip-roaring adventure features a bad guy that not only wins, but must create a new hero to duel so as not to get bored. Like the Joker and Batman, the two opposing forces must both be present for the perfect balance. Unfortunately, that's what Megamind as a movie does best. The comedy, action, romance, and visuals are all in a relatively flawless harmony, mixing in small doses of pop culture, witty banter, spoof, double speak, alter egos, and expensive cast and soundtrack. DreamWorks animation doesn't skimp when it comes to popular music and recognizable voices. The animation itself is unusually pronounced, emotive, and exaggerated, most notably in facial expressions, creating a unique feel for all the unattractive caricatures. <laughs> Again, twice. They're like, mm. these little uggos are so funny. <laughs> Unfortunately, the 3D treatment adds a little to the excitement. Metroman does get the typical muscular, statuistic physique with walking on water tricks, kissing and juggling babies, and over-the-top theatrics, but Megamind is more against the grain. He possesses a winningly sarcastic personality, but doesn't get a pleasant design. He's awkward, clumsy, scrawny, and a perpetual loser, failing to great surprise when it comes to toppling his opponent. For all his genius players for escaping prison, he's still a completely incompetent killer. Yet his idiosyncrasies, change of heart, and goofy sidekicks work to mold him into an agreeable nemesis, aiding a surprisingly different, hugely entertaining premise that remains fun, convivial, and humorous despite mediocre theatrical trailers. Okay, maybe also that's probably part of it too. The Despicable Me trailer is pretty good. Yeah, I get it. I also, something that I just realized too is that we grew up with doofenshmirtz. True, yeah. We, we grew up with a lot of like idiot villains. Yeah, comically. And guess what? Guess who is also blue and kidnaps women? Ice King. Perry the Platypus? Oh. <laughs> Come on. What do you know about Perry the Platypus? Yeah. What are you bringing up? Ice King. Yeah, for sure. Talk about a start of the series, a total classic villain who is mm -hmm. absolutely- A little stupid. Oh, he's, he's stupid, but like- there's so much more to that, yeah. this dumb little villain. We grew up with villains that weren't allowed to win. So I feel like Megamind makes sense for our generation to see a character like that and really learn about him. He's like, he's he was never really a threat. He was never really somebody who was going to follow through with this destruction that he was building up to. So it's, it's interesting to compare all those these different villains from our childhood and be like, oh, they're kind of similar in all these different ways. Yeah, they're easy to like humanize in this way because it's like, you're not really a threat, so it's not a bad thing to humanize you exactly and hear you out you know mm -hmm. you're just some guy you're just a guy you're just a guy <laughs> he's just he's just a girl <laughs> but the, that was the end of theirs any comments before we move on to audience ones no all right 
First audience review, 10 out of 10 stars from IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> this, I might as well wrote this. The title is, I love Megamind. Explanation point, explanation point. I tend to watch all the new anime movies that come out nowadays. It's simply amazing to watch each new advancement with each new movie. Megamind truly was enjoyable to watch. All the details and small touches made it a wonderful show. Just the right amount of humor and seriousness with a strong love interest. It's everything I was looking for in a movie. The character, Megamind himself, voiced with Will Ferrell, makes him seriously lovable. How can we not love a silly underdog trying his best? Music for the movie I felt was perfect picks for each type of scene. They seem to give the movie much more power. I want to see much more of these characters. I've already seen it a few times in the theaters. 3D and normal, each time unforgettable. Please, DreamWorks, keep going with this one. It's a true winner in my book. I would just love to see more. Movies from childhood where they like put classic rock or like 80s. I'm like, that's how I found that. Yeah, exactly. I found George Harrison's All Things Must Pass album because of fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Same, <laughs> same. Okay, a lot of that music from Guardians of the Galaxy I discovered because of, of those movies. And Baby Driver. Baby Driver, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Four stars from Letterboxd. This movie is shockingly amazing and clever and well-paced and subversive. How did I not realize that? I mean, I didn't know why it was good as a kid. I'll give it that. You know, you come back to it, you watch it, you're like, yeah. This, this is a good movie. Iron Giant is a commentary on the Cold War. It is. <laughs> so random. It looked like you were just reading that. Like that just popped up on your computer. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I have cue cards, actually. <laughs> you have cue cards, yes. Noah's standing back there. Just... <laughs> Four stars. Letterbox. Better on every rewatch. And Megamind is... <laughs> I forgot people said this. Better on every watch, and Megamind is genuinely hot. <laughs> it's big for a reason. It's big for a reason. What the fuck? This is a Daddy Delph Dragon moment. I don't get it, but y'all y'all keep going, I guess. Just let us be happy. <laughs> yeah. Hi, just a warning. We're going to have a change in audio quality from here forward. Okay, bye. This is five stars from Letterboxd. This is <laughs> Are we going to make it through any of these? I, I, they're so good. <laughs> Despicable Me found dead in my opinion. <laughs> and honestly, if I had to pick which ones were my favorite, it's Megamind. I like Despicable Me, but I love Megamind. Megamind can be put on in the background, and I'm watching it. I love it. Yeah. Four stars. In a perfect world, Megamind would have been the 2010 animated film that got multiple sequels and spinoffs, while Despicable Me just faded into the background. But alas, that's not the case. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. I never saw any of the Despicable Me sequels. I can't attest if they're good or not, so. I have. Are they good? I could live without them, is what I'll say about the Despicable Me sequels. Fair, fair. Three and a half stars. Literally one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. The only hot part is the guy who looks like Markiplier. Which one is he talking about? It's Metro Man. And there's pictures of his face put on Metro Man's look. Oh my god. It's Metro Man. That's hilarious. I love him though. He's such a sweet guy. I like Markiplier. I've seen his videos, but I was sitting here, I was reading that comment. I was like, who are they talking? Who looks like Markiplier in this movie? But I okay, I see it now. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, next one. Three stars. <laughs> this is literally <laughs> what you said earlier. I'm like, word for word, this is what you said earlier. <laughs> Three stars. Why is Bernard kind of... <laughs> Kind of like Lloyd Forger from Spy Family. You're like, there's nothing special, but I love him. It's like, but why? Why? Why is he hot and sexy? <laughs> why am I? Why is he kind of? <laughs> was a lot of it Megamind thirsting or was it Bernard too? It was half and half. There was Bernard and there was a lot of like, but why is Megamind kind of? Okay. I mean, in a sense of it, 
Bernard, the Bernard we know is Megamind. I can understand how we got, conf- you know, we're, they're interchangeable. We got a little confused, but we got the spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where the confusion comes in. <laughs> oh, God. All right, this next one. One star is from Letterboxd. They might earn this full one star because I talk about him every day. <laughs> Me. Me with Blair Witch. That's like, that's the one star. I will talk anybody's ear off about why I hate that. And it's like, there you go. You <laughs> earned you it. You got the airtime. You, know? you got the airtime. You got the time. Yo, <laughs> next one. Three and a half stars. Might be the most quotable DreamWorks movie in existence. I mean, there's a lot of contenders, but like, I think it's up there. Yeah. I think Shrek has it beat for sure i true true uh-huh like there's all i think shrek one and two could have it be but it it is up there which is impressive when you're going up against shrek yeah no kidding the like the dreamworks movie yeah four and a half star i think we took 2010 animation for granted toy story 3 one of the only good pixar sequels and the best conclusion to the toy story franchise tangled the first disney movie animation that was good in the last 10 years at their masterpiece emperor's new groove how to train your dragon a solid start to dreamworks best trilogy megamind dreamworks magnum office the greatest film ever made <laughs> despicable me illumination's only film that isn't utter shit <laughs> Name a better year for animation. I'll wait. That's true. It was a really good year for animation. It really was. Oh my god, I love all of those movies. They're all good. They're all good movies. Yeah, every single one of these I enjoy still. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We're on our last one. It's a 10 out of 10 from INDB. And the title is The Movie Deserved Better 2019. I'm constantly thinking about a better timeline which Megamind did better than Despicable Me. Which is... You know, the unfortunate truth. Yeah. And again, it made its money. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like even if people who were mostly adults didn't like it, they at least appreciated the voice acting, the animation, whatever. And mm-hmm. then people who mm-hmm. grew up with it gave it a resurgence and the love that it deserved. So it's fine. I know the minions are fucking annoying and were everywhere for a long time. But at this point, it is, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. I just don't think that Megamind was set up to be a franchise. I don't know if it would have even worked as a franchise. True. We, it could have been shit after if they tried to make sequels or whatever. And we could all hate it right now the way that people hate Despicable Me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But that was all the reviews. What would you put, where would you put this in the stars? I think I would say maybe like a seven. I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10. That's fair. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. If you have any suggestions of what kind of themes we could do next or any movies you want us to review, you could reach out to us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We have a TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. We have our website, easybaketakespodcast.com. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.